For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. And welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Mm-hmm. My name is Chad Ozy. I am here with my good friend, Jeff Cross, and we literally were just saying the words, uh, sometimes we all call strikes that aren't strikes. Mm -hmm. And that is the truth. That may be the mantra for the day. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes we do that. You know, I think it's a, it's a great thing, Jeff, when we, when we remember, uh, even here as we're kicking off another podcast that, um, we we don't have it right all the time. No, yeah. you know we just don't. And uh, sometimes that has to do with what we do on the field or on the court. Sometimes it even has to do uh, with uh, our podcast. Uh, sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we don't. And so if you're out there today and you're listening and there's something that you go, oh, is that is that right? Mm. Uh, and you have questions about it, shoot us an email at uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. Greatest way to get a hold of us and get us responding back to you because that's really what we want to do on this podcast is provide you with content that is helpful to you. As you're having that windshield time, that drive to the next game, uh, to the next camp, uh, to the next uh, time at the gym to get ready, uh, whatever it is that you're doing during your training season of the summer for both uh, baseball, basketball, or any other sport that you happen to work. And uh, we hope this is helpful and beneficial to you, not just as a sports official, uh, but just as a person as you pursue your life and your leadership uh, with others and your legacy that you're going to leave for the next generation. How you doing today, Jeff? Man, I'm good. <clears throat> Excuse me. The uh, weather is cool today. Ooh, you know, I mean, we spent uh, the past two weeks in, in pool land and staying by the beach and the water. And <laughs> and now, you know, we're in hoodies and, and, and sweats. 
Tulsa. So um, that's okay. That's one of the things I love best about the Midwest is, you know, you never know what you're going to get when you wake up in the morning. So it's, it's a true, I actually took a golf cart ride last night, got home from my game. We still had about an hour's worth of uh, light, maybe half hour. I told Gina, I said, let's take a golf cart ride. So we did, and we took it around the area, and we actually saw a fox. Ooh. Yeah, you know, of course I stopped. And Gina's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to check out the fox. She goes, You're going to scare it. I'm like, I just want to watch the fox. That's all I really want to do, you know. I don't care if I scare the fox, you know. I'm in a golf cart. I'm above the food chain of the fox. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was really an uh, uh, enjoyable time to spend with my wife and I know I probably sound like I'm 80 years old riding golf cart, but it's one of the best things I've ever done as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I know it sounds weird. That is so great. Yeah. Well, you know, Jeff, today um, our our episode is, is kind of going to be a follow-up to something that we did uh, a week or so ago when we talked about the fact that, um, you know, what's it like to, to prep for camps? Mm-hmm. And we specifically mentioned that, um, that you had, you know, a camp coming up that, that you were directing. You're, you're one of the three co-directors mm-hmm. of, a, of a camp that took place up in Appleton, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and uh, had a great time up there. Uh, I had the opportunity to go as a camper to that camp and uh, and get to see it from that side. Obviously, you saw it from the uh, director and evaluator, clinician, teacher side. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time today um, talking about that experience. Now, we're, we're not talking about people specifically. So uh, yeah. if, uh, if people that are listening to this were there, don't get worried. Jeff's not going to call you out. Uh, who knows? He may say something positive or something like that, but nothing negative will get called out uh, by, by name. Um, but what we are going to talk about, about a little bit today is, uh, you know, we had spent time talking about what are the things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. going to camp, mm-hmm. you know, and it'll be really interesting to hear your perspective on, you know, are, are people doing those kinds of things? Or are they not? Are there things that maybe we hadn't thought of mm-hmm. when we were thinking about camps or talking about camps that maybe this experience brought to your mind that uh, as we head into other camps, you know, a lot of us still have, have more basketball mm-hmm. camps this summer, more baseball camps coming up. Are there things that can be beneficial to us there? Uh, and maybe just some kind of your overall thoughts. So why don't you why don't you share a little bit with us? Well, as we were talking about a little bit before we started the podcast, you know, one of the things that I did not hear me personally in the three days, I guess it would be um, two days really. So two days of camp, I never, never heard the phrase "yeah, but." Oh. I never heard it. That may be the first camp in the history of man that, well, that did not happen. The, the 12 other clinicians could have heard it a hundred <laughs> times, but maybe uh, whoever, you know, I got lucky and didn't have to worry about that. So I just didn't hear it. Um, and, you know, I, I thought about that a lot. And I'm wondering if if we're hearing, yeah, but because the way we're presenting our evaluation. Oh, you know, we're, we're, we're giving them the opportunity to say, yeah, but. Okay. And maybe we need to take that, that opportunity away. Um, so it was, I just never heard it. And it was great to hear. If, if anybody's had me a, as a clinician, one of the things I like to do is um, make those, those campers feel like they achieved something when they got done. Okay. Whether they did great or not is regardless, but you need to know, you know, it's difficult to do what we do. 
not just being a clinician, but to be a basketball referee or baseball umpire or whatever official that is. It's very, very difficult. And when you go out and do it and you get to the final buzzer and it goes off, you did it. Whether your grade is a, a, a C- minus or an A+, plus, you still finished a job that was very difficult to do. And I think sometimes we lose track of that. We lose track of, okay, well, I'm just looking for this evaluation. I'm looking for these tips and I'm looking for these, these ideas to make my game better. And that is great, but we can't lose track of the of the 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 great thing we just did was we were able to officiate that game to an above average level. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of people that can't do that. Absolutely. And, you know, this was a really unique camp. I think mm-hmm. uh, at least uh, I, I've been to this particular camp now. I think at least four or five years. Yeah. And. I think more than ever this year, there was a much wider range of people in their officiating careers as far as people that, you know, had really hardly ever even stepped on a court, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, uh, all the way up to, you know, then you had people that, you know, maybe had been on a court, but obviously hadn't worked collegiate level. You know, you had people that were just starting out JUCO, people that have, done D3, D2, D1. I mean, there was a wide, wide range and and several people in each of those categories. We actually had a gentleman that was 72 years old. Isn't that amazing? Truly amazing. Yeah, and he still looks really good on the court. Yeah, great shape. I mean, looks really good on the court. Yeah, it doesn't look like, you know, he's running, you know, just scooching up the floor or anything like that. Yeah, he's... He's a pretty athletic dude yeah. for 72. If I could look half as athletic as Fritz when I get to that mm-hmm. age, I said we would only call out names if it was positive, right? Ooh, so yeah. if you all know Fritz, yeah. I tell you what, man, I'd give anything, anything to look half that good at, at that age running up and down a court. And I tell him that every year. I, mm-hmm. and, and I'm very honest when I tell him this, and I'm sure he won't mind that I say this, but the reason Fritz is still in the game is because he's in the condition he's in. Oh, yeah. You know, if he, it's at 72, everyone's thinking, oh, okay, they're starting to lose a step. And we all do that as we age. But Fritz has made a difference where he's 72, maybe lost a step, but stayed in the great condition that he's been in his whole life. Mm -hmm. So that makes it easier to keep a guy like Fritz around. And it makes it easier for a coach to understand, hey, listen, I'll take Fritz. Mm -hmm. I'll take Fritz in great condition at 72, then I will, whatever, Bob Smith at 35, 40 pounds overweight. Yep. That's, and if you're listening out here and you think, man, but I'm young and I can run. Yeah. But if you don't pass the eye test, it's very, very difficult to get past the rest of it. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I interrupted you. Sorry about that. No, no, you're good. You know, and I, I, I really love that, that there was such a wide range Mm -hmm. and, one of the things that I found, I, you know, I've been a, a newer person at, a, at an upper level camp where you get somebody on your crew um, with you that, you know, maybe they're more experienced and they're wanting to get seen in a certain kind of way. And now all of a sudden they've got a, a newbie on their crew mm-hmm. and now they're frustrated. Yeah. Right. Because now they're not going to get seen as well or it's going to be a harder game because that person doesn't know. And, you know, I, I didn't see any of that. During this camp, I saw people welcoming uh, with open arms. And, and here's the other thing. You know, there was two of my games that I had at camp were 
were with newbies. Mm. I mean, newbie newbies. And one person even said to me, man, isn't that going to be really hard? And I said, like, this is what I need. I said, because if I want to be seen as a crew chief, if I want to be seen as a leader, then I've got to show it. And what better time than at camp? It, you know, you're going to have to referee with new people during the regular season. Absolutely. You know, there's going to be people you're, you're going to run, you referee long enough. You will walk on the floor with uh, somebody who's refereeing their first ever college basketball game. That's right. Whether they're ready or not and whether you're ready or not, it's going to happen. Now the, the, the flip side to that is it can be very distracting for a clinician who mm-hmm. is now like you're trying to be evaluated for the next level, more crew chief responsibilities, whatever, whatever it is. And now that clinician is distracted by this newer official or even an official that is, is, is very uh, subpar. Mm-hmm. And they, as all they do is focus on this subpar officiating. All they do is focus on maybe this new official trying to help them the the other official or the other two officials that are trying to be evaluated for higher level responsibilities gets lost in the shadows. Sure. And that's that is very very difficult. Yep. I don't know there's I don't know there's a fix for it. No, you know, unless not. you have three clinicians yep. on each floor, one for each person, but you know we already it, that's a lot. That's yep. a lot. No, it was it was I think there's some of that that happens. That happens at baseball camps. It happens at basketball camps. I'm sure it happens at every sport. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I was impressed with at the camp is the way that there were other clinicians that sometimes would come around those mm-hmm. newer officials. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if Jeff Cross is the clinician on a court, one of the off clinicians. Mm-hmm might have been the one jogging up and down the court with that newer official, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so that they could give more individualized focus while Jeff was still giving direction to the entire court. And that, that, that would have been held, held true at any of the courts that were there. Um, I, I wanted to bring something up because you mentioned this, Jeff, and I think a lot of times when we think of camps and clinics, we always think from the camper perspective. Okay. But I think there's a lot of people that listen to our podcast that, that serve as clinicians, mm-hmm. you know, sure. and it may be you serve as a clinician at your local high school level. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, it could be, um, you serve at a, as a clinician at the JUCO camp or whatever. And we have some people that listen that are clinicians at D2, D1 camps, mm-hmm. you know, and are, are very plugged in with what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you say something at the end of your camp games and I would just, I'd, I'd like to pick your brain as to why. And then I'd, I'd be really interested for some of our listeners who have heard you do this. Mm. I would love to get their response. Mm. I'd give anything for them to shoot an email to uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com uh, and let us know. So after you have given your camp, or just for those people that, that may not have been to a camp exactly like this, at the end of the uh, of the game, um, Jeff stands there with the three officials that were on the court. There's typically other officials gathering around listening because that's a great way to learn is mm-hmm. to hear you know a clinician instruct others. And you'll walk through some key things. You might pull out your iPad and show some things about positioning on the court, or you know use it to help spark their memory of certain plays that they saw or whatever. Um, and then. You, you might give 
you know, maybe a, an, an attaboy or an girl, you know, to each one of them, like you said, giving them something to feel positive mm-hmm. about. You might give them, you know, a, a thought or two to think about or work on. But then you almost always say something at the very end. Do you know what I'm what I'm getting towards? I, I believe I say, does anybody have any questions for me? Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you have, do you have any questions for me? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you use the phrase, do you have anything for me as your clinician? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just, do you have questions about what you saw or whatever? So let me just ask you, why, why do you ask that question? Well... The only way I can be better as a clinician is if I have to get some sort of feedback from the people that, that I'm clinicianing, I guess. I don't think that's the right phrase, but um, that's the only way I'm going to get that. Um, also, those people that do speak up, it takes courage. Oh, yeah. It takes courage to go, hey, Jeff, I don't, I don't like the way you instruct me for my center position you know or can you tell me more on that that situation so you know it's just a it's just a leveling tool to go okay let's let's see let's see what you're made of here Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna put the ball in your court and what are you going to do are you gonna sit there mute and go nope i'm good because i want to go you know eat a candy bar or i'm gonna take five more minutes and, and i do have some legitimate questions and you, it's, and I've said this before, you know, I believe everything's contagious. Mm-hmm. So if I can say that phrase and one person has enough courage to say something, maybe, just maybe, it will be contagious enough for the other two to have more courage to speak out and go, I really like the way you do this, but I wish we, you would do this differently. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the only way I am going to get people to buy into what I'm trying to help them with is if I take what they have to say also. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't do it enough. We, you know, we spend a lot of time you know, uh, being the dictator as a clinician. This is the way it is. This is how I'm telling you to do it. You go do it. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. I'm not for sure if you're going to get the best out of those people at all times. So, um, but I, you're right. I do say that at the end of almost every game. There's mm-hmm. very rarely that I don't do that um, because I truly am interested in feedback and people's thoughts on my performance. Also, mm-hmm. I think we need we need to have that. We need to always be uh, getting feedback for our perform- performance. And and I will say for our listeners, that's something that's uh, pretty common for Jeff. Not only in a camp setting, uh, but a vast majority of the time, if Jeff's out on the court during the regular season, Jeff's a crew chief. Mm. Um, one of the questions that he often asks in the locker room before the game, mm. hey, is there something as a crew chief that I can do for you today to make your day better on the court? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. Sometimes you'll see people's eyes pop up and go, oh, hey, you know, if you can just, if it, like, if you see me getting deer in the headlights, yeah. if, if you can just, you know, I, sometimes I, I need to laugh or I need to refocus mm-hmm. or I need to, and sometimes people like really give you something they in the do. middle of that. And yeah. if they do, Jeff almost always finds an opportunity in like the first two minutes of the game to do, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that you say a lot of times in a post game, hey, is there anything I could have done better tonight? As a crew chief. As yep. a crew chief. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, I, I think there's a, a sense of humility in that, mm. you know, saying, hey, I'm trying to get better at 
at what I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, I've I've heard Jeff ask that in a JUCO game with two almost brand new officials. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're going? Okay, what could those people possibly give Jeff? That could, but yet, you know, we we said a minute ago, you know, as a as an official at any level, you might be working a game with two brand new people, mm-hmm. right? Now we know this would be a very uncommon thing, but if if you're going to work a game and your other two partners are traveling together and something happens to them. Now it could be something catastrophic like they get in a car wreck on the way to the game. Sure. Could be something simple like their car breaks down. Yeah, flat tire on the way to the right. game or there's a wreck up ahead of them and the interstate shut down and they can't get there. Mm-hmm. And the assigner is doing everything they can to get this game played. And so what they have found is two people that work high school basketball that live 15 minutes from the stadium. Mm -hmm. And Jeff, they're going to be there 20 minutes before tip. You know? And we we could all say, well, okay, maybe that would happen at the JUCO level. But that never happened at the D3 level. Well, yeah, it has. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that never happened at the D2 level. Yeah, it has. Mm-hmm. Well, that definitely would never happen at the D1 level. We've all heard stories of people getting pulled out of the stands mm. at a D1 game. Yeah. That, you know, the, the AD at the school knew that person works yeah. high school basketball. They and worked our scrimmage last week, you know, in the right. summertime. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and here we go. I, I worked a baseball game. Um, I worked a conference doubleheader where my partner went down at the beginning of a game. And so I had worked the first game behind the plate. My partner went down like in the first inning of the second game. Mm. So I'm running back into the locker room to put my plate gear back on to work a second plate and work it solo. And when I get back out to the field, there's a guy standing there in a CBUA hat and umpire clothes. (laughs) And I'm told that this is going to be my partner. Mm. And I, I don't have a chance to pregame. I don't got a nothing, mm-hmm. right? So it it is something that can happen. Yeah. So what a great opportunity to practice that kind of thing at a camp setting. Yep. Knowing that, man, if it's, you know, I, I may get overlooked with some things with the clinician because of this, but this is still a way I can get better. Because if I ever get stuck in a position like this when the games matter, now at least I've I've done this before. Maybe I've learned what not to do, yeah. but I've at least done this before. But I never want to, I mean, anything I do from officiating to, you know, day-to-day life, I never want to walk into it going, I can't get any better than what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, back when I was working on the baseball field, I was always looking for one more thing that I could do to make it be a little bit better. Yeah. I was always looking for one more thing to make the umpires feel a little bit more welcome. You know, and that's what we should be doing. That's if you're if you're waking up and say, Okay, I'm gonna go do my nine to five and I and you're gonna do it just like you've done it for the past twenty years, you are depriving yourself from great growth and even possible opportunities mm-hmm. because you just want to do what you've been doing for the past twenty years. And I've and I've said this in previous podcasts, you know, it's 
It's one of the things I love about rule changes because it forces me to do something different. Mm-hmm. And and I and I recognize it when I hear people go, oh, I can't believe we got 15 rule changes. Bring it on. Yeah, I want this new stuff. I want to have a chance to um, elevate my game in a way that that no one else is doing, or or the very few people are doing. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do. And that's 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 how I, you know, work on the baseball field. That's how I handle my my student athletes. That's the, the people that I'm around daily. That's what I want to do. I want to try and find a way to be better for them around them. Oh, I like that. Well, let me ask you this question. Um, were there some things that you saw at camp, maybe some some trends or something across the board where you go, oh, hey, maybe I was surprised by this or maybe I was disappointed in this or I like this? You know, were there some things that you just kind of saw across the board about, you know, and, and maybe a lot of us could then take that into our next camp going, oh, that's a good thing that I want to do or maybe mm-hmm. something I don't? Yeah, you know, the big thing that I talked about almost in every game, well, there's two things I always talk about, but this time, th- this was new to our camp that I'd really noticed this year. And and that was a center position. The center position, for those of you who don't know, that is – the one, the person who's one official, the other two on the other side. So that's the center position. We were finding, I was finding a lot of people that all they were doing was staring at shooters' feet while they were going up for a three-point shot instead of looking forward into the lane and seeing how those people became open. Was there some illegal screens that were that were happening? Instead, they were just looking at feet, and I really tried to focus on that matter of fact so much that I even took a screenshot of my my uh, um, I think it's called Referee IT mm-hmm. app that has the basketball floor on it for pregames, and um, I took a screenshot of that to show the lines and you know where we want to be looking and we want to be watching uh, three point shooters from our peripheral and refereeing straight forward into the lane. But what was happening was we were refereeing the three-point shot in the lane from our peripheral. I think we need to switch that around. Um, if you have any questions about what I'm talking about, email me or email the, email the, the podcast at Uncommon Drive Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. And I'll send you a screenshot of what I'm talking about. So, yeah, that was a really big thing that I, I feel like I talked about in almost every game that I had. And the second thing, which is I always talk about this, is this, 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 Real need when we have a foul from new trail. We have a rebounding foul, and now we're going to be going the length of the floor. We have a real need. A lot of officials have a real need to go forward 15, 20 steps, pass up five, six, eight players, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, to report a foul on 32, and then go right back to where they were. I think um, we're, we're, we're doing the game an injustice. We're doing our partners an injustice by passing up all those players. And all we really need to do is just let those players clear a little bit, take one, maybe two steps, fouls on 13 blue, push, you know, and then we're right where we need to be. We're able to start the game a lot quicker. Um, Those are the two big things that I noticed a lot. Um, And I noticed the the trail thing. I noticed it every year. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's very common um, in officials that first start or maybe don't think about that process, that part of the game. So it's very easy for me to spot and 
let's face it, we don't have a lot of backcourt type fouls, rebounding fouls. We do have some, but compared to shooting fouls and and every other front court fouls that we might have, we have very few of those. So when they happen, I'm like, oh, there it is again. There it is mm-hmm. again. So those are the two big things that I talked about almost in every post game with my with uh, the officials that I had. Um, I'd I'd like to give one little wrap up here, uh, just from a camper perspective. Okay. Um, and you know, I think a lot of us, you know, basketball people are are hot and heavy now into to D1 camps are, are going. There's D2 camps that are happening. Baseball camps are right around the corner and a ton this fall. And we've talked about it before, but I think it's so important to reiterate that the social aspect mm. of what happens at camp <clears throat> is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Don't sacrifice the social because you think you might be 2% better on the field or the court the next day, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. man, if I get, if I get 30 minutes extra sleep, I'm going to be that much better on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I'm not saying sleep's not important. I'm not saying stay out until four o'clock in the morning, every night. That mm-hmm. is not what I'm saying, but you only get so many opportunities to build bonds and connections with people. Mm-hmm. And during the season, we're building those bonds with one or two people at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, for a short period of time, yeah. pre-game, post-game, right? At a camp setting, you get the opportunity to build those bonds with dozens of people, you know, whether it's just going to dinner, you know, after your games, um, or it's, you know, hanging out and, and visiting in the lobby or wherever you might be, or, or just sitting talking with other officials while another game's going on before mm-hmm. your game mm-hmm. and not talking about it from, oh, can you believe what they're doing wrong? Not yeah. that, right, right. <laughs> you know, but just building some relationships because then those are the people that you're probably going to see during the regular season, yep. right? If, mm-hmm. if you want to work for that coordinator and those other officials want to work for that coordinator, then guess what? You both might get hired by that coordinator and end up on the same job this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if you've built relationships with them in the camp setting, then you're going to be so much better when you get to that game. There's going to be an automatic connection, you know, versus you both show up at that gate. Well, that's that person that ignored me. You know, that's (laughs) that person that was standoffish. That's Mm -hmm. that person. Now you've automatically created a barrier. Um, And I just think it's a great reminder as we head into camps, find ways to build relationships. And then, because this is the Uncommon Drive podcast, I'm going to I'm going to put a challenge out there to our folks. I like it. When you see someone who's not connecting, be the one that goes and connects with them. Mm-hmm. Uh it was interesting. Um there was a there were a couple newer officials at the camp this year that I specifically knew about. Mm-hmm. And so I I went to other officials and said, "Hey, this person's over there. Hey, this is where they're from. This is what they do." I know you guys have something in common. It'd be awesome if you got the opportunity to meet them tonight. Mm-hmm. And I didn't always just like walk them over. Yeah. Well, hi, June. This mm-hmm. is Julie. You know, yeah, I mean, right. I didn't do that, right. right? But what I did say was I I put the spark or I put the thought, the idea into a person's mind mm-hmm. and gave them a common connection so there would be an easy intro. You know, whether it's, hey, I hear we live in the same area. Yeah. Or, hey, I hear that you do intramurals too or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Yeah. 
those kinds of things I, I think are helpful. And that's, that's something that is uncommon. Like that's, that's, that's a leadership thing. That's not about us. Mm-hmm. It's about making that person better, but making that person feel connected and accepted and good. And I think we need to do more of that. You know, just to put it in perspective and <clears throat> I heard, I heard someone say this and it applies to a lot of things they were talking about your parents, you know, the time you spend with your parents, but let's just talk about this. So let's just say you go to a camp and you want to have a chance to connect with, we'll just say the coordinator. Mm-hmm. Say you want to connect with the coordinator. You have, you're going to go to this camp, let's just say 10 years. And you're going to try and connect with this coordinator. Every camp. And if you go, if you get 15 minutes to connect with them, you know, I'm not going to be able to do the math, but the, you know, it'd be talk, 150 minutes over 10 years, over 10 years. That's all you're going to get. Mm-hmm. That's it. You have 150 minutes to make it, not only say make an impression, but to have an impact on your coordinator or for that coordinator to have an impact on you. And sometimes we just, we lose track of that. Oh, I'll do it next year. or I'm going to sleep or, you know, because I only have, I just got this one game tomorrow and I want to be, I got the first game and I want to be on my toes. But over the next 10 years, you don't have 150 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's not very long. Yeah. That's, I mean, geez, I've been to dinner that's been 150 minutes. That's right. Two and a half hours is not a lot of time. Yeah. So, that's the way we got to think about those things when we think, okay, do I want to go to bed? Or, you know, maybe I can stay up 10 more minutes and, and, and try and connect with whoever, the coordinator or Jeff Cross or Chad Ozzie or a new official. You're having that opportunity to, and seize that opportunity to do that. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's great. You know, um, camp, see, camp season for me is exciting. Yeah. Um, it yeah. is. It's something I look forward to. Uh, one of the greatest things about going to camp is you walk into that hotel lobby mm-hmm. and there's somebody else getting ready to check in mm-hmm. that that you know and that mm-hmm. you love. And mm-hmm. you get that hug, you get that handshake, you get that whatever. And it's a reminder that, that we're all in this together, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so I want to say one one little last thing as we're wrapping up. Uh, and I was reminded of this by something that uh, another official posted on social media recently. Um, you know, we we live in a world today. We live in a culture in America, especially, that loves to divide up teams. You know, mm. we love to say us versus them. Yeah. You know, and you can take that however you want to. I mean, we can talk political parties. We can talk racially. We can talk all sorts of different things, right? There are there are so many different ways that we could say, well, they're different from me or I'm different from them. It's us versus them. Um, and we work in a world of sports where it's us versus them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The whole point at the end of a basketball game or a baseball game is that there's a winner and there's a loser. Yeah. And we have pulled that into life, saying that in every situation, there must be a winner and a loser. Yep. And, and, and we have, we've gotten nasty about it. You know, we, we don't like it when people are sore losers <laughs> right. on the basketball court. Yeah. Equally, 
we don't like it when they're arrogant winners on the basketball court. Mm -hmm. But yet it seems like we do that in life Mm -hmm. a lot. And so here's what I would love to remind our listeners about if if I could maybe get semi-soapboxy for just a moment. I'm ready. One of the coolest things that happens for me when I walk in to be a sports official, and I don't care the sport, is I walk into a room. Let's, let's just say basketball. I walk into a room with two other people. Those other people could be of a different race. They could be of a different gender. They could be a different faith background. They could be from a different state. Mm. They could be from a total different age demographic. They could be from a different socioeconomic mm-hmm. background. They could be different, 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 different. And if you asked us to take a survey about things we think and believe, all three of us could be way different from mm. each other. Mm. But guess what happens for a couple hours on a Thursday night? Mm. We all put on the same uniform. And we all walk out on a court for the same purpose Mm -hmm. with a common goal. And we have each other's backs Mm -hmm. the whole night. And guess what? We don't have to agree on everything in order to do that. Right. We do have to care about each other. Mm. We do have to want well for each other. Mm -hmm. And so I think it would be awesome if just in... Whatever corner of your world you're in today, as you're listening to this, if you would be uncommon enough to say, it's not about us versus them, it's about we. Mm -hmm. It's about all of us working together to make our world a little brighter place, to show love and care and compassion, even when we don't always agree. Yeah. And uh, I think I think it's one of the most uncommon things we could do. Yep, we before me. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, folks. I hope this has been helpful to you. As Jeff has said, as I have mentioned from time to time, if you have questions, if mm-hmm. you have thoughts, if you think my soapbox was totally wrong and incorrect, and you want to tell me all the reasons why, yeah. I am more than willing to read that email. Send it to uncommondrivepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, take time to love each other. Take time to take mm-hmm. care of each other as you pursue excellence in your life, in your leadership, and in your legacy. We'll see you all soon. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts 
to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.